What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com. And today I have uh, one of my clients, Robert Hogg. He's just done his first competition, so I'm super excited to have him on and kind of talk us through that experience and what all he's learned in doing that. But I'm super proud of him. Glad to have him on. Without further ado, how are you, man? Hey, Robert, I am doing great. I want to thank you for having me on. And uh, man, I tell you what, I just, uh, I love everything you stand for. I, I believe in your brand, that's for sure. So thank you. It, it's an honor to be on here with you, buddy. I appreciate it, man. That means the world to me. It really does. Um, give, give us all some some background, some some foundation as to <clears throat> what, what brought you here. What made you even want to do a competition in the first place? Um, just kind of give us some, some backstory on what got you into, into this sport. Okay. Yeah. Um, mine, uh, is, is a long journey. This, uh, has been a 20 year process. Uh, I have always uh, been involved in, um, weight training, bodybuilding. Um, but that was at a younger age. And when I was in my early twenties, I was, um, living the bodybuilding lifestyle and training wanting to be one of those guys uh, on stage and, you know, stayed at the gym, ate like crazy, trained like crazy. And um, unfortunately, in, in the midst of that, in uh, 1999, 1998, one of those two summers, it's been so long, I can't quite remember. Um, I was in an automobile accident. And in an instant, um, all of that uh, was taken away, so to speak. And it has been a lifetime, 20 years to get back to where I am now to have just last weekend stepped on stage to finish out a lifelong dream for the first time. Uh, so it, it's been a journey and a half. So we can dive as deep into that as you'd like. We'll dive deep for sure, man. We'll dive deep. Um, so so to rewind to the, to the accident, like what was the specifics on that? Like what happened? What was the injury like? Like, what, what was the recovery okay. like? Just kind of flesh that out for us. Yeah, um, I will. You know, I'll be totally upfront with you. The uh, recovery is is still ongoing. It it um, it what is goes on with me is is daily. I live with it um, forever. But I can tell you, man, just based on uh, my my attitude, my faith, my family, uh, the way I do things now, uh, it's you know, I was labeled as disabled for years and years and years. Uh, but I don't live by that uh, label anymore, and I don't claim that label anymore. So um, the backstory um, during a work day, in the middle of the day, it was during the summer, beautiful day, and out on our main highway here, Interstate 95, uh, there was an accident on 95 that I had to slow down for. Uh, and in the midst of that, uh, the person behind me at Interstate Speed uh, was not able to stop until they hit me. So. Uh, instantly, um, that changed things, ended up in the emergency room. Uh, luckily, nothing broken. Uh, the cage that was in my vehicle, I had one of those um, work cages that separated uh, the back of the vehicle. It was a one-ton work van from, from the cab. Luckily, that, uh, mm -hmm. that literally saved me. But in the process, uh, after seeing it afterwards, uh, you could see the indention in the cage from my seat. The seat broke, went into the cage, and I, it literally looked like a seat imprint in the cage. So that's how hard the hit was. 
I did not break anything. I was told afterwards by some of the therapists that were working on me that if it wasn't for my muscle mass, one of the injuries in my neck probably would have killed me. Um, and that's what started. Mm. And then from there, it was, it's been years of uh, rehab. And unfortunately, uh, lots of diagnoses of nerve damage, um, scar tissue buildup, um, uh, things that, you know, they, they can't treat for. Um, the, the last um, actual official report that I had, I went back to one of my surgeons and asked them what could they do? Because I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I was just so tired of being in pain all the time. And he looked at me and said, there's nothing we can do for you. The damage that you have to your nerves, the scar tissue that's built up in your spinal column, there's no surgery that we can do for that. Uh, we would probably paralyze you trying to get it out. And so there's nothing we can do. So that's, I left dejected that day. I remember that day like it was yesterday. And, um, you know, it kind of went downhill from there because my day-to-day -day routine at that point was couldn't work, didn't feel like a man. Um, you, know, you know, us as men, we're the providers. And when that's taken away, it makes you feel lesser of a man, so to speak. You know, and I had little boys. Uh, my wife was doing all the working. I'm pretty much laying around at home popping pain pills around the clock because that's the only way I could function. And I did that for years. And um, then one day mm -hmm. I decided I can't do this because um, it was bad. I mean, there are, there's times during that, um, that span that I have lost. Mentally, I, I do not remember them. I was basically a zombie. And um, all I did was take you know, medication like I was prescribed. But one day I had a, realiza a realization that um, you're going to die. That's literally what I said. I woke up that morning and I said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm going to die. So I literally uh, went to my doctor, uh, drove up there, and the same gentleman that I'm with now, uh, who's a wonderful neurologist, and um, he's become a lifelong friend. And I told him that I couldn't do this anymore, that um, I knew I was going to die. The amount of medication that I was on, the different drugs that I were on, uh, was killing me. Um, because it was getting to the point to where I knew I just I wasn't going to wake up one day. And um, he told me that was fine. Uh, if that's where I was at, he would work with me to come off of all the meds. And I remember looking at him and saying, I, th I don't think you understand, Doc. I'm coming off. That means I'm stopping today. And he said, no, you cannot do that. Um, we have to get you off of the meds over time. And I was like, no, sir, we're getting off today. And I got up to walk out of his office, and he looked at me just as plain as, you know, any other time I've been in his office. And he said, okay, well, I'll see you within 24 hours. Well, I didn't have a clue what he was talking about. Well, I came home, Robert. I took the bag of pills that I had that I had to take to survive, and I flushed everything because I was done. I wasn't taking another pill ever. Mm -hmm. And to my uh, doctor's credit, 24 hours later, he did see me. He saw me in the ER. They had to come send a rescue squad to get me. Um, my blood pressure dropped. My heart rate went up um, like crazy. I was convulsing. Um, couldn't control my body movements. Uh, it was crazy. And, and it's called um, forced detox, basically, is what it was. Uh, but I was hell-bent on not going back on medication. 
And um, so they uh, treated me for the day there at the hospital, uh, gave me some stuff to help ease the um, withdrawals, even though I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't a street junkie, but I was a medical addict Mm -hmm. and did not realize it. You know, I took the medicine as it was prescribed and, you know, I didn't get enjoyment out of it. That's what I just did so I could make it through the day because of pain. Right. Uh, Well, after years of that, it turned into something that I hadn't realized. Um, But. I'm the kind of person when I'm decided to do something, I do it. Uh, there was a repercussion. And I'll tell you, man, that was the one of the hardest things I have ever gone through. Not because I ever craved the medication, never thought about it ever again. It was nothing that I ever wanted. The hardest part that I had to go through is that it had so totally wrecked my brain. The serotonin levels in my brain, the way it responds, the way it fires off, it so totally wrecked that. That it took me, if I remember correctly, about eight weeks to even get back to being able to talk in complete sentences, to finish what I was saying, to uh, have uh, what I used to, I called them electric fleas. It felt like uh, a little electric fleas all over your body, um, just out of nowhere. It was the craziest thing I have ever gone through. That was one of the lowest spots that I had been in because. For a while, I really thought that um, without the medication, even coming off and cleaning up, I thought, oh, my God, so many things has happened to my body. I will never be normal ever again. Uh, But by the grace of God, let me tell you, um, all of that has long gone past so many years ago. And uh, I am the, the man that I am today because of family and because of faith and a lot of hard work. I love it, man. Like I get goosebumps listening to stuff like that. Like, you know, for one, you you were in that accident that totally, you know, flipped your lifestyle one eighty degrees. And what what was the actual injury? Like, was it just um like damage to the spinal cord itself? Um, they uh, they called it. Uh, my neur- neurologist called it soft tissue damage, and he said, um, that is the um basically the hardest thing to do anything with because nothing's broken, right? nothing's severed. You know, they can put a bone back together. Um, you know, they can actually do nerve repair. But when the damage is, the impact was, was severe enough that it literally uh, twisted everything. So um, I had already had multiple back surgeries. I'd already had three back surgeries. I already had hardware. I already had screws and rods and all of that. Uh, but what happened is when the impact hit, the area where all the hardware is did its job. It stayed in place. Mm. Everything else around it, all the disc and stuff like that, literally, you know, got moved out of place. And that by itself, from the force of my seat hitting the cage, caused uh, an impact injury, like uh, almost like a, a giant bruise, mm-hmm. uh, but literally to my spine. And from there, the pain never went away, and it was instant. Uh, when they pulled me out of the van and put me on the backboard, I knew something was wrong because I felt a way that I had never felt before. You, you're talking to a guy that even with surgery uh, and all of that metal in my back, you know, I was doing 400 pound, uh, plus pound deadlifts. Mm-hmm. Um, there was nothing that I couldn't do. But from the moment that that accident took place in about an hour and a half after they got me out of the vehicle onto the stretcher, I knew something was wrong. I could feel it in my body that something wasn't right. And it's been like that ever since. 
was it was it more depressing after like immediately after that when you knew your your mobility was suffering or was it more so after you were you know getting off the drugs and going through the withdrawals there of not having that uh that pain relieving um not having using the drugs for pain relief was no big deal um afterwards you know it is what it is because let me tell you after so many years of being in pain your new that that becomes your new normal so for me you know i tell people i understand you're hurt and i understand you're in pain but unfortunately if you're like this forever you eventually get used to it and so that becomes your new normal so then all of a sudden you realize you're not as in much pain as you thought you were because now that's your new normal if you understand what i'm talking yeah, about yeah for sure um but the 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 worst the worst part was i felt like um I wasn't a man. I couldn't provide for my family. You know, I wasn't coming home after the a long day and, you know, the kids being there waiting for me to get there like it used to be and, you know, walk in and my wife is there. Those roles were versed. You know, my, my wife went back to work, you know, because we had to have income. Um, I was the house husband, and which is fine. I mean, it was, you know, it's the craziest thing, Robert. Uh, I'll I'll tell people it was the worst time of my life, but there are parts of it that were the best time of my life because if that would have never have happened, I would have never spent those years with my young boys at that young age every single day. The roles were reversed, so there are positives that come out of it. I mean, I thank God for that time. I really do. I have thanked Him so many times for giving me the opportunity to grow with my kids at a young age where normally fathers do not get to do that. Mm -hmm. So it has been an amazing journey, even though it was depressing. I felt like lesser of a man. There's a lot of times that, um, you know, I have no problems telling you, there's a lot of times I would sit there and just cry. Uh, depression did set in. You know, you start believing those thoughts that the enemy give you about, you know, you're lesser of a man, look at you. She's having to do everything, you know. You might as well just go, go to sleep, not wake up. You know, I've thought about those things. What was the? But by the grace point? of God, I never believed those things. What, what was the? The, uh, the turning point was the day that I woke up. Yeah, that turning point was physically and mentally. I really believed I was going to die. That's how bad I felt as far as years. When I'm talking years, I'm talking years of heavy drug use. So every hard drug that's legal that you can think of, I was on. Not only those, I was on the, uh, they had me on mind-altering drugs, drugs that they give uh, people that are having, you know, heavy depression and psychotic episodes and stuff like that. They actually use those drugs for pain as well because it changes the way that the uh, brain registers things and the way it fires. So when you take those drugs in combination with pain pills, opiates, and on top of that, I was on uh, methadone. When you take all of that and put that combined for years, I think one or two things happen. You either totally live your life on them for the rest of your life like a zombie, or your body gives out and you die. Mm -hmm. And I literally woke up one morning and felt like something's not right. I'm going to die. And I was like, nope, not happening. Today it changes. And that's when my life changed. What was your day-to-day uh, -day activities like after that moment? Like you, you were still in a lot of pain, but did you just, you know, give up the drugs and start yes. trying to return back to some sense of normalcy? Yes, absolutely. Um, 
once those couple of months went by and I got my thoughts back, I got my speech back, you know, I could uh, finish my sentences. I could um, do things and have clarity and actually, you know, look at the sunrise and, and realize how beautiful it was and, and actually, you know, notice my wife in the house and, and realize that, you know, she's a godsend to me. You know, all of these things. Once I got all of that back, that's when everything really started turning around. And from there, um, I decided, okay, now that my, my head is back, the fog is gone, um, I know that I can survive. And, you know, whatever I'm going to deal with pain-wise for the rest of my life, it is what it is, but I'll survive. So now it's time to go back to work. So um, I think it was 2002. Yeah, I think it was 2002. Um, I decided to go back to work. Uh, the, the place that I went, I'm actually, I st I'm still there. And I told them on day one that uh, if they didn't mind taking me and knowing that there may be a day to where my legs don't work, um, so I might be a little late or I might not be able to come in or if while I'm at work, something happens and they give out, I might have to go lay down upstairs for a while. If they don't mind that, I'll be their guy. And that was 16 years ago and they had no problem with it and they still don't today. Very good. Very good. Well, you... Your legs seem to be working pretty good now, man. I mean, you're doing all kinds of stuff now. <laughs> well, I will tell you, um, they do well. What most people don't know, because I'm so used to it, I'm, I'm a master of disguising it. Uh, my left leg still gives out all the time, um, daily. So when I'm walking, my leg will give out. But I'm so used to it. It's the craziest thing. I catch myself before my knee hits the ground and nobody really notices. Every now and then somebody will be like, hey, did you just trip? And I'll just say, yep, because I did. You know, my leg just didn't work. Uh, but other than that, um, you know, I do have days to, to where, well, I used to have more regular days to where uh, it's a lot of pain. Um, but, you know, I've always said that's my normal. I just go with it. And you know, you just don't tell nobody because nobody wants to hear that you're in pain all day, every day. You just become a complainer. Well, you know, I don't want to be a complainer and I don't want to be surrounded by complainers. I just I want everybody to realize that no matter what you've been dealt, you can still survive. And so many times I would wake up in the morning, make it to the bathroom to get a shower, run that hot water over my body so I could finally stand up straight and move a little bit to start my day. And I would literally say to myself, somewhere today, there is someone that is being lifted out of a bed by a caretaker, put in a wheelchair, and fed by hand, and they wish they could have my life. So who am I to complain? And that's how I've been living these 20 years. No need to complain them because there's always somebody else that's worse off than me that wished they had my lifestyle. That's a very stoic mentality, man. I really, really appreciate that because you're absolutely right. And so few people, like we all know that. We all know that, you know, if we pause and, and think about it, that that's all true. But very few people live that, so I'm glad that you are living it. And and it's it's cool, man, because that mentality and what you've learned and and learned to recognize as your new norm in your current life transcends into much more than just you know the the pain of your leg. I mean that it, it transcends into like your your competition prep that you just went through. I mean I've worked with a lot of competitors, and yes, you know I've 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 worked with some that complain. A lot more than I prefer, and I've worked with some that don't complain at all. And you definitely are in that latter category because I mean, we took your macros down low. I had you doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and I never once heard you complain. 
And instead, you just like smiled and said, all right, let's get it done. And I appreciate that, man. I really, really, really appreciate that. Well, I will tell you, man, um, uh, you tested me. And um, there was a few times I would, uh, you know, my wife, she's my, she's more than my wife. She's my uh, number one fan and she's my training partner. And, um, you know, she's my keto life partner. And there's a few times I looked at her and said, man, I think the boy has lost his mind. <laughs> and then she would just laugh. And, you know, we, I would reset, I would reset my macros, put them in my phone and say, okay, Lord, how are we going to do this? Because you know how much I like to eat and this isn't going to cut it. But you know what? We made it through, man. We did make it through. So speaking on that, man, like talk, talk to us about uh, like your training style. Cause I mean, you, you had a pretty, I mean, I didn't really do that much to your training. Like you pretty much had that set. Uh, we, we increased your cardio obviously as we went, but I mean, your training was was already rock solid. And, yes. I, and I love what you do for cardio, man. Like, I'm going to start doing this because I like it so much. And I've never heard of anybody doing this before. But basically, well, I'll let you explain it. Basically, the whole dragging the chains. Like, I, I love it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, a couple years ago, um, uh, God laid on my heart that uh, there were so many people that are struggling, uh, not only physically, uh, but uh, emotionally. And, and when I say struggling, I mean with their health, with their diet. Um, you know, watching hours and hours of TV instead of, you know, being go-getters and getting outside and thinking about other things and also struggling um, with addictions. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of people that um, suffer with addictions, uh, not only drugs, but um, you know, pornography and alcohol. And, you know, there's so many things that uh, the enemy has out there that makes us, um, that helps us to get away from what God intended for us. And that was to, you know, be strong. Um, to be wise, to be confident. And so, you know, a couple of years ago, he laid that on my heart. And um, I literally, I, I got up in uh, the middle of church one day and asked my pastor if I could speak for just a second. And I got up there and said, look, you know, God has laid on my heart that some of you here are struggling. Um, I want to get with you men. First thing we're going to do is clean our temples. We're going to learn how to eat right. We're going to exercise. And then we're going to work on any kind of emotional issues that we have together because that's what he intends. He intends for us to do things together. So that's how it started. Warrior Workout started a couple years ago from what something that God laid on my heart, and I made an announcement, and there was about six people that responded. And the first day that they showed up, uh, they were surprised, because uh, literally Warrior Workouts turned out to be a redneck version of CrossFit, but it's all outdoors. And so we have um, giant tires. When I say giant tires, I'm talking tires that are way bigger than what most of the ones you've ever seen in a gym to flip. Mm -hmm. uh, these are six and a half foot tall tires. We've got big tires. I've got, uh, dozens of logging chains. Uh, I've got, uh, multiple sets of sledgehammers. Um, when I started out, I also started out with, um, steel wheels, truck wheels that, that weigh a lot. And um, would literally run up and down the driveway, pause at these steel wheels, grab them, snatch and clean them, press them, throw them down, run to the next one, do it again. And that's, that's how all this started. And it evolved to what I have today. So what I, my bread and butter, especially during this prep, was what I call resisted steady state cardio. Steady state cardio is absolutely amazing for fat burning. It is. It's been proven scientifically. Uh, hit cardio is great for um, 
cardio health and strength training. It's also great for fat burning. You get a longer response from your HIIT training, but you get more of immediate response from your steady state cardio. So uh, during this prep, I have been concentrating more on the steady state, got away from the hit, except for every now and then, because I just love it. I love grinding. Mm -hmm. And um, that steady state consists of a, har uh, a harness that you, you hook up. And then depending on how much I wanted to torture myself, I would hook up uh, either one or two or three or drag a mud terrain tire or 33 or 35 inch tire behind the end of a 25 or 30 foot long, 30 pound logging chain. So um, I, that way I could vary my resistance. I could vary the amount of force that I would have to put on there, which would in, in return vary my heart rate. So I can easily, like last night, go out there and I just grabbed a 29 pound, because I've got all the chains uh, weighed, a 29 pound logging chain. Well, that's a very easy pull for me. Uh, so I did that for a mile and a half, just took my time. You know, you get your heart rate up a little bit. It's perfect steady state. But then sometimes I want to push the envelope. I want to have to grind it. Um, it's still a steady state, but my, I can elevate my heart rate 10, 15, 20 beats more than where it was last night. Well, if I hook up two chains, two 30-pound chains, or a 30-pound chain and a 40-pound uh, mud terrain tire to the end of it, and that's a vast uh, bit of difference. You know, that's quite a bit harder. So in the steady state where most people mess up, they tend to try to go as hard as they can and as fast as they can. Well, they just you know, got out of steady state. Now they're in high intensity. So it's two different types of exercises. Steady state, the way that I love to do it, is the bread and butter of fat loss. And uh, it was pivotal uh, in this prep for me. Number one, I cannot stand indoor cardio. If I've got to be on a treadmill or an elliptical, and yes, I have an elliptical in my house, I would rather somebody shoot me. So um, I, I'm outside as much as I can, uh, dragging chains, dragging a tire, or doing hit outside. So whatever it takes to not be inside doing cardio, which to me just drives me crazy. I'm not that kind of guy that can just sit there on a treadmill or Stairmaster. So it works for me, man. And uh, most of the people that I help and train, uh, they actually love it. They're like, wow, you know, never experienced anything like this. And this is amazing, especially doing it outside. But I will tell you when the weather changes, it gets cold. And when it's 110 degrees out there, it is worse than hot, let me tell you. Uh, but we push past hard. Uh, we never quit and we get it done. That's the way to do it, though, man. Like if you if you go out there and kind of just in the elements, no matter what season it is, it makes you appreciate all the seasons. You know, when it's cold out there, in the middle of winter time, you look forward to summer and, and vice versa. So I think that's that's yes. key. I love I love like the warehouse style gym. You know, the no no controlled heat, no AC, oh, yeah. just out there and, and doing it in nature. Oh yeah, I can't wait till you get that thing finished because I know I'm gonna travel out there at some time, and when I do, I'm gonna stop by so we can uh, we can definitely do some uh, training, get get some sweat going, get it done. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. Um, so talk talk to me about the the foods, man. Like the macros, kind of like the progression of that. Um, you know, I obviously I, I've had several clients I follow up, like I've got my own kind of protocol, but I love hearing how your body responded and just some of the the nuances that you noticed that you may not have expected in going into your first competition prep. Right. Okay. Uh, well, I'm a whole foods guy. Um, you know, we raise our own meats here. Uh, we raise uh, chickens, 
Um, we have pigs. Well, the pigs are in the freezer now. And um, we have uh, my brother-in-law right next to me, which we have the adjoining property to each other. He raises the uh, uh, beef. And so uh, we just put a whole cow in our freezer just a couple of weeks ago. So uh, we've got all pasture-raised, grass-fed animals. So everything we have is non-GMO and um, as good as you can get. So that helps. But the, the biggest thing that I saw, the biggest difference working with you, Robert, versus coaching myself is it never dawned on me to cut carbs to no more than 10 grams. Never dawned on me to do that. Mm -hmm. But but let me tell you, um, at 10 grams, you have no choice but to be with the caloric deficit in straight up fat burning mode 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, you know, I can get lean on my own, but I've never gotten this lean because it had never dawned on me to do the carbs as low as what you did. Uh, you know, I would normally, you know, 20 would be my lowest and my body responds to that. But there's a whole nother world out there of, of response that I didn't know existed. So, you know, this has been one of the most eye opening things for me. And, and talking about that fat burning mode, let me tell you, the last four weeks, six weeks, I'm going to say, I know that I was in such deep ketosis during this time because, you know, it's it's funny. We don't like to talk about bathroom things, but but we will. My urine was rancid smelling. My sweat, every time I would come in from doing resisted or HIIT training or lifting weights, there would be so much water coming out of my body, more than normally, and it was absolutely rancid smelling. I have never had mm -hmm. sweat to be so strong and urine to be so strong. And I look back now and I'm like, you know, I probably should have tested the ketones just, just to see. But then I'm like, I've never been one to care about ketone numbers, so why start now? The, trust me, the smell is telling me that I'm in a whole different level than I've ever been before. And, um, you know, I've had good numbers before. I've, you know, the highest I've ever been is like a, a 2.9, 2, yeah, 2.9, 2.4, something mm -hmm. like that. And I never had the smell response that I had during this, the last six weeks of this prep. No, I, I just saying that there's a whole another, there's a whole difference between, you know, like 20 grams versus 10 grams. And, and then simply doing a competition prep, like, you know, being at a deficit and making those gradual adjustments for such a long period of time. I mean, you're basically applying pressure to your body and forcing an adaptation or a change, you know, in the form of fat loss. And I mean, you got freaking lean, man. Like I, I, uh, and, and so that's the funny thing, like we'll, we'll probably talk about this in more detail, but you, you weren't even really anticipating doing a competition. You were just planning on doing like a photo shoot. And yeah. you know, those last pictures you sent me prior to the decision to do a competition, I'm like, listen, man, you know, you, you have taken this to a whole nother level. You look freaking amazing. You'd be doing yourself a disservice if you don't step on stage because you're so, I mean, you're there, you know? Yeah, that was, uh, the plan was not to get on stage. The plan was to uh, do it after I turned 50. So I wanted to get as lean as I could because I had a November 1st date set up for the Bod Pod testing down at um, uh, the university here. So um, I'm like, okay, I'll do the Bod Pod because I did one uh, months and months ago. So I wanted to see the, the comparison. So this was literally a pretend prep 
for bod pod testing to see if I could get lean enough to where I thought I could get on stage because I knew that was the bucket list. You know, I had to get on stage. I've always told my boys never quit on their dreams. You know, push, push yourself. Uh, if there's something you want to do, go for it. Once you start the process, you're not allowed to quit. You have to see it through. So who am I after all these years of having this dream if I didn't fulfill it? You know, what would that look like to these boys I've been preaching this to and people that I preach this to my whole life? So, um, yeah, this was mm -hmm. literally a pre-contest prep to see how lean I could get. And then from there, I figured I'd take the next year to build up, uh, train, re recut, you know, do the keto cut again, because this was totally a keto cut, and um, then get on stage. But, yeah, because of... Um, because of you, that's the <laughs> that's the only reason I even considered it. And I'm like, okay, what the heck? And I told my wife, I was like, what do you think? She's like, you know, literally go for it. I mean, this is something you've always dreamed of. Do it. Let's see what happens. So I went into this with no preconceived notions at all of doing anything other than going. You know, going, getting the experience. And just seeing what it's like to be prepared to go ahead and really, you know, hammer down for next year. Um, but man, was I surprised. It was the most amazing thing I've ever done. Uh, Robert, I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed, and this really surprised me, how much I enjoyed the stage. Being out there mm -hmm. on the stage, the lights on you, and it's you and the judges and the crowd. That was so adrenaline rushing because I love some adrenaline, man. You know, I love anything that makes my heart pump. That's why I like pre-workout so much. <laughs> I like anything that makes my heart pump and get me going. You know, if my heart is skipping beats, I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? So being out there on the stage was absolutely amazing. It felt so at home to me. Uh, I was so calm, even though my heart was going like like crazy. And it just felt like where I was supposed to be. And I thought, man, and I did while I was out there. I thought, man, where would I be today if I hadn't had that accident loving this stage so much? But, you know, we don't live in the past. I'm, I'm grateful for the way my life has turned out. Uh, but it was amazing. And I thank you for pushing me beyond what I was even thinking. You know, so I, I appreciate that, brother. That means the world to me. Oh, for sure, man. I mean, I had full faith in you. I, I knew from, you know, that very first initial consultation call, you know, when we very first started working together that you had the right mindset towards it. I knew I could push you. I knew you'd push yourself. And and just to see you come full circle from, you know, the injury and being told that you couldn't do anything like you used to, to, you know, getting as lean as you got and stepping on stage to showcase that, man. I mean, I, I'm incredibly proud of you. Like, I, I, I look at you and how far you've come and what you've done. And I'm just so glad that you you pushed it and you went that extra mile. You actually stepped on stage. You know, you did what you had to do to, you know, enter the show, get everything set up and, and make that happen. Because, I mean, like I said, it would be a disservice to you not to because you were there, you put in the work. And I wanted you to be able to experience that moment because there's nothing like that. I mean, there's a lot of monumental things that people do in their life. And, you know, there's a lot of great memories. But to push yourself so hard and have like the self-imposed hardship of a competition prep and then having that, you know, brief moment where you step on stage to showcase to the world what you've been able to accomplish and how far you've been able to come. I mean, there's nothing else like that. There's nothing else like it. And it's, it's addicting. Uh, very addicting. Uh, because I, I told my wife when it was all and and man, let me tell you, 
my two sons came up uh, the night before uh, and spent the night with me. And then my other son, my oldest son that wasn't going to come, well, uh, found out later he was just messing with me. He drove the rest of the family and some other people up, uh, their girlfriends. And um, so the whole family was there uh, support me. It was absolutely amazing. And um, it is very addicting uh, because I was asked by my mother-in-law, she asked me, what was the favorite part for you? And I was like, actually, being on stage. She said, I could tell because you were just smiling and glowing when you were on stage. And uh, then I told my wife, I was like, babe, um, I'm thinking we got to do this again. And um, she looked at me and she said, yep, I kind of figured that was coming. And then I looked at her and said, hey, would you like to do this with me next year? Husband and wife, we both compete. And so I've, I've set that little seed in her. And so I'm hoping she's going to tell me, hey, yeah, let's try this because that gives me a year to get ready. And, you know, she's my constant training partner. And I would love to do this yeah. and also see her do this next year as well. So, you know, that's something I'm going to be working on, but we'll see how it goes. But yes, very addicting, very gratifying. And I am most definitely doing this again because I, I want to step up from the physique category. Well, here, let, let's talk about why I chose physique, if, if you're okay with that. Yeah, man. And the stage is yours. Talk away. Okay. All right. Well, um, I chose physique because you and I talked about this because of uh, my limitations. I don't use the word disabilities. Um, I say what it is. There's limitations. I still do whatever the heck I want to do, but I'll be honest with everybody. I'm a little limited. Um, and because of that, because of the nerve damage, because I do have nerve damage, because of what I have, my legs give out uh, on occasion. Um, there are a lot of things that I'm not supposed to do in the gym, which is all of your the best movements that you can do. I'm not supposed to deadlift. I'm not supposed to squat. You know, I'm not supposed to uh, do leg presses, incline leg presses. I'm not supposed to do anything that puts that added pressure on my lower spine where all my hardware is because it puts, you know, like 10 times the amount of pressure on the disc above the hardware and the disc below. And that's where all the problems are in between that whole area. So I'm not supposed to do those things, but I'm, you know, I'm a hard headed guy and I believe in pushing past hard on a regular basis. And so I have learned how to work out smarter. And uh, my wonderful neurologist that works with me, and I actually saw him today, um, he finally relented and said, okay, this is what, you, uh, you know, I know, Robbie, you're going to do whatever it is you're going to do. I already know this. Just be smart about it. And I was like, great. So that now that means I have his, you know, uh, go ahead. So because I went to him and told him what I was going to do. And so I learned how to train a little differently. And so that means I do do deadlifts, uh, but I do what I call uh, assisted deadlifts. Uh, I do deadlifts. I put the bar all the way at the bottom of the rack, which uh, when you put your bar on there, the safety bar, it uh, on most of your racks, it'll bring the bar about halfway up your shins. So what I'm doing is mm -hmm. I'm missing that last, that first full pull when most people round their back. I can't do that. I don't have the option of doing that. So this way it brings the bar up about six inches. And then when I do come up, it's hitting my quads just a little, but then I'm able to really concentrate uh, on my back itself, you know, and, and get the lift like it's supposed to be done. Cause I can't, you know, I could do it from the floor, but it's a lot lighter weight. Uh, but there's always, uh, I can feel a little tweak and 
Tweaks to me aren't like most people. A tweak can be really bad for me. So the reason I went mm -hmm. with physique is because of the limitations that I do have in training, my legs don't grow like most people's. Now, I'm going to tell you, I have seen more veins and more quad definition and striations in my legs over these last few weeks than I have in 20 years, Robert. It was crazy. I mean, when I woke up on competition morning and looked down, I could see the striations in the teardrops on my, on my legs. That's how, you know, how mm -hmm. fast it had set in from those last couple of nights of cutting out all the fiber and, and sodium loading and uh, potassium loading and all of that stuff. That's what took place. And it really surprised me. I'm like, wow, I do have legs. Now, granted, they're not big like yours or most bodybuilders, but you could see them. So because of that, um, the reason of them being smaller and with my, my lats are strong, but they're not very big. You'll see that in the pictures, and I'm guessing you'll take some of the pictures from the contest and, and uh, put them on your site so people can see what we're talking about. Uh, my, my lats are strong. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I can do some, dude, I can do some crazy bent over rows for somebody with a broken up back. I mean, I can load the bar and move some weight. but they do not grow like most people. You know, you'll get those big bat wings, you know, where your, your triceps are touching the, the big muscle bellies of your lats. Well, mine don't poke out like that. They're mm -hmm. super strong, but they don't grow the same because I literally cannot feel them moving. Okay. That's part of the neuro neurological thing going on. And you have to have that muscle mind connection to get a really good workout. I, I fully believe in that. My triceps, my biceps, man. They stand out in a crowd because I can feel them and I know when they're moving, but there are certain parts of my body that I don't. And so because of that, that's why I chose physique. I, I knew there's no way I could compete in open bodybuilding because of my legs. If you don't have legs, you're done. And I, and I knew I couldn't complete, compete in classic physique as much as I would love to because that's where they get down there and they grind and they flex against each other. I love that stuff. That's what I wanted to do. And the physique is... You know, it's just four turns. You got a front, quarter right, back, uh, quarter right again, and a front. So it's not showing your legs, and that's why I chose physique. I could put on board shorts, show my abs, my upper body, my shoulders are huge, and I could go with that and, you know, maybe slip in there and, you know, get in the top 10. Um, well, let me tell you, after all this has taken place and the growth that I have seen in my body because of how lean I've been able to get, my goal is now over this next year, the entire year, to really concentrate on training my legs and training my lats. You know, like today, I was in there today knocking out back. So I did um, deadlifts and I did full from the floor deadlifts with lighter weight. I only went up to like 265. So um, that's really light for most people. So I did that. I did pull downs. I did uh, low rows. Uh, and I did multiple sets of uh, pull-ups over and over and over. And every one, because of my, my lats, and I can clearly see in the photos, they're not as big as I want them to be. I was just so focused and concentrating on trying to feel the slightest movement of, of uh, muscle fiber in my lats so I could latch onto that mentally. And so I've got a new outlook on it. I'm going to train for this next year. I want to do classic physique because I want to get up there and I want to pose down, you know, I want to get up there and 
side by side with people and throw a front bu double bicep. You know, I want to th throw a front ab pose. You know, I want to do those things that I wasn't able to do in, in physique, but I'm grateful for the opportunity of what physique has given somebody like me to compete. But now I've got more of a focus to concentrate on building legs that I didn't think would ever grow and they have a little bit. So I'm going to work on my lats, I'm going to work on my legs, and I've got a year to do this. So that is my new focus and classic physique is what I want to do next year. That's, that's what I want to do. I, I, got, I got full faith in you, man. I mean, you know, you have definitely put on muscle and the definition is just crazy. Like I'll post pictures you know, in the show notes so people can see this, but I mean, you're 49 years old yep, and I'm you an old look dog. freaking amazing, man. Like you're shredded. Like you have, like your skin is paper thin, your vascularity is through the roof. I mean, you're, you got everything that I would look for in a competitor that's doing, you know, what you want to, what you want to have on the show. Um, so, I mean, we, we bring up the size in your legs some, cause like with classic physique, they, they don't have the, the posing trunks. Well, they, they got posing trunks, but not quite like the the bodybuilding division, but right. you you'll be showing off a lot more of your legs. But we'll bring those yeah. legs up, bring your lats up, and man, you'll be dangerous on stage. Yeah, I've after you know being at this show and getting the experience, um, you know, a, a big problem area for me, other than uh, my lats don't have the wide width like I wish they had, even though they're they're really really strong. Uh, the other problem area is, and you talked about it, the thin paper skin. Yes, uh, you got my skin as thin as it's ever been. But I've got that old man skin that I call it, you know, that kind of, it hangs there. It, you know, we couldn't get it tighter at this moment. But I think because we got to the leanness that we got next year, we can manipulate that with time, you know, like adding a couple more weeks to the prep or what have you to, to tighten that area up more. Plus with having another year of training, I'm also under the assumption, you know, I'll do an experiment. If I can get my uh, abdominal area, oblique area, a little bigger as in muscle size, that will help to tighten that skin up as well. Because, you know, I might just be one of those guys that's stuck with loose skin and there's nothing you can do about that. But I think there's ways that we can, you know, have the illusion of uh, being uh, not having that loose skin uh, by the way that we train and maybe picking up some... Um, muscle size, even in my abdominals and oblique areas. I think that's something, you know, we definitely can work on. Yeah, absolutely. 100%, man. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the next year. I'm excited for, I'm excited for everything you got going. Um, and, and not just the, the competitions, because like after the show, um, or maybe it was the week before the show, I don't remember how it fell timeline-wise, but you had a seminar out at your place too, and you had people uh, come out there and you were talking to them about keto. And I really just love how you're paying it forward basically so, so talk about that man what was what was the motivation behind doing that what was the outcome what was the the main concept of that uh yeah um we did uh, myself and my wife uh for i've been keto full keto for in january to be two years uh in february to be two years for my wife she waited about a month after i started because she didn't she thought it was all uh you know a, a bunch of horse crap, so to speak, until she came to me and said, I want to do what you're doing because what's happening to your body is crazy. And, um, you know, that's, that's what sold her. And so we've been doing this, both of us, for almost two years. And over these two years, um, I've been working with quite a few people uh, that I've been uh, helping, and their lives have been radically changed with, with keto. Um, and we're constantly, people are constantly stopping us and asking us, 
every day somebody's asking me something about keto. And so uh, I went to her. I was like, look, let's get, you know, let's see what we can do. We can do a seminar or, you know, we can host a meeting. Uh, let's try something because there's so many people asking. We need to put something together. And she had already been thinking about that anyway. So we threw out, a, uh, she threw out um, a couple of, uh, you know, little lures here and there, asking people if they'd be interested in this, that, or the other. And next thing you know, we got people uh, calling up, wanting to sign up. So we went ahead. Uh, we put a big old whiteboard in our spare bedroom that we've turned into a training room, and now it's a brainstorming room. And uh, her and I sat in there multiple nights with this uh, great big old whiteboard, just brainstorming, throwing stuff out there. Because I told her, I was like, what we need is a basics, total basics. The things that we started with and made mistakes on, we want to help those people that they don't make those same mistakes. Because you can, you know, let's be honest, you can waste a lot of time in the ketogenic diet, making mistakes that you didn't realize uh, were mistakes because there's so much misinformation out there. And I told her, I said, and the key to this beginner's uh, class, that we're, the seminar we're going to do, we're not going to use any word that we can't spell. In other words, it's going to be that basic. We're going to talk about whole foods. We're going to talk about what you can eat, what you can't eat, and how you should do it. And that's going to be about it. Well, the seminar... Uh, was way more successful than what we even thought. Uh, I remember saying, Lord, if you, if you send 10 people, that'll be a miracle. 10 people, that's all, uh, that's all I need to, to know that this was a home run. Well, 20 people showed up, and out of those 20, um, there was uh, one gentleman that was there, young guy, 28 years old, that came up to me afterwards, and asked me, could I please help him? Because he'd just been diagnosed with diabetes. And I'm like, yes, I can absolutely help you. Uh, he's just been diagnosed with type 2 pre-diabetic. And I let him know. I was like, you realize that all of that is from fork to mouth. You can make the decision how your health turns out from here. Um, so along with him and some others, uh, we're, uh, we're literally helping whenever they call. Um, it turned out wonderful. So much as, uh, that we're already scheduling another one for the 1st of December. And I've got a, a private group that wants to get together. It's about eight people that actually want to meet privately. Uh, so we're going to do that as well. But like I said, you know, we've, we've been doing this for a while, helping people that need it. And um, let me tell you, uh, one of the best success stories that I have is one of the guys that I work with. Uh, him and I have been. Um, I've been helping him now for right at about a year. He has lost 66 pounds. He's off of all of his diabetes medication, all of his other medications. And, um, he just let me know the other day. He's like, Hey, Robbie, I would, I would really like to, um, nail this down and I want to go more. I, I want to drop another 30 pounds. Um, I'm like, Hey, I'm right there with you. You know, I'll help you all I can. Cause that's my heart. I just, I want to help people that really want to be helped. So that's what the seminar was all about. It was an absolute success. I absolutely enjoyed it. Two and a half hours went by the blink of an eye. And, um, I felt bad for the people there cause I didn't even have a break scheduled cause I didn't know how long it would go, but nobody moved. I mean, it was like everybody was involved. Everybody had questions. Everybody was just uh, tuned into what was going on. And it just felt good to give them good, solid, basic information so they don't have to make those mistakes like uh, I made in the very beginning.
Man, you know, it's it's honestly the coolest thing ever to like have, you know, a diet allow you to to change and turn your own life around. You know, it's it's changed the way I look at nutrition in my day-to-day activities. It's changed the way you look at nutrition and change your day-to-day activities. It's basically gotten you off all the pain meds. It's given you your life back. But then yep. to take that and and then pay it forward and give back to people. And and I don't know, man, it's the coolest. That's the coolest thing ever. Like you feel and experience how better it makes your life become. And then you just, you've got so much more positivity within yourself and you want to just give that out and help other people experience the same thing. So you put yourself out there to educate and, and just, you know, be a guiding hand for somebody that might not know uh, what they're doing or, you know, you can help them, you know, bypass some of the hurdles that you've gone through. And that that is where the true fulfillment with anything in life is. But to, to have a vehicle in the form of a diet be that, I mean, this just, I don't know, I, I freaking love it. Yeah, me too. And, and I always tell everybody uh, that's interested, I was like, number one, to me, this is not a diet. This is a life. Um, this is a lifestyle that has radically changed my life. And if, um, you know, if it works for you, it'll radically change your life. And, you know, I'm not naive enough, you know, I am a little older than you, Robert. Now, so I'm not naive enough to think that the ketogenic diet is for everyone. Um, because it's not, um, not everybody, um, will, will do well on this because everybody has different likes and dislikes and, and willpower and non-willpower. And so I tell everybody, um, do the diet or lifestyle that actually will work for you, but give you the results that you're looking for. And that's the key. Um, if you find something that you can walk out every day, then it's not something that you really have to give a lot of thought to. It becomes your normal. Uh, but I, I hate the word mm-hmm. diet because diets fail. Uh, everybody, you already know uh, that uh, 75% of the people that diet within the first three months have put them back, put them back the weight, you know, in the first year, uh, it's like 80% of those people have put their weight back on. After three years, 95% of those people have put their weight back on plus. So diets don't work. Mm-hmm. It's lifestyles that we have to practice. And that's my goal to help people see that there are other lifestyles out there other than the, the sad diet that we've all grown up on, that standard American diet that just doesn't seem to work for most people. Uh, and there are, are alternatives. Um, and I'll tell you, I'm very interested in carnivore. That's one of the experiments that I'm personally going to do after I reverse out. I'm going to do a 30-day carnivore just to see how my body responds. Uh, I've been interested in that for a while, mm. but it hasn't been able to fit into the placement of what I've got going on. But now I can take 30 days and do that. So, you know, I'm always an experimenter. I'm always trying different things. I'm always doing things to my body to to see how it reacts. And then um, I take notes and go from there. Uh, my wife has become one of my biggest experiments. <laughs> I'm constantly trying stuff on her. And um, let me tell you, we're, we're having some awesome results. Uh, her physical body is changing before our eyes. She is excited. She loves lifting weights now, Robert. That was never her, never her thing. That was never nothing she would consider doing. Her and my middle son are the only two people that will actually train with me more than once. I can, I have yet to find one person that will train with me and come back for a second training. And that's a daggone shame. 
you know, I think I'm being easy when I'm working with people. I think I'm being easy with them, trying to find a training partner that will, that will, you know, just hang with me and, and give it. But I'm the kind of person, Robert, that when I say I go to train, I'm not texting. Uh, I'm not trying, you know, mm. to make friends and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not there to talk to people. Um, I get there and I do my job and that is my focus. I'm there to move some weight. I'm there to get a pump. I'm there to push myself to the limit. And it's hard to find people to do that. But I have found two, um, and that's my middle son who's an MMA fighter. So he knows what dedication is. Uh, he'll, he comes back every single time. And my wife, I push her to the brink of exhaustion. And she's right back out there with me the very next day doing it again. So, you know, thank you, Lord, for giving me two faithful partners because I haven't been able to find them anywhere else. That's why I'd like to get out your way once you've got that gym set up and let's throw some weight around, man. I want to see if you can hang with this old man. Hey, sure, for sure, man. I'm excited about it. Like I, I look at what all you've done. I look at just kind of your lifestyle and your outlook on everything that you're doing. And I'm excited about it, man. Like I, I resonate with it. I appreciate it. and. It's it's similar to how I think and how I, you know, view my life's projectile going. So I definitely want to keep in touch, man. I wanna I wanna help you in any way I can with this next competition endeavor of yours. And yes. I wanna, you know, I'm in full support of you doing the seminars, man. Like I really appreciate you putting putting yourself out there, paying it forward. I'm gonna come out there uh to your place and I'll I'll come into one of these seminars. We'll we'll do that awesome. and then we'll go sit in a duck blind and, and, and get some ducks. <laughs> oh yeah. Awesome. That, that is uh, for sure. And it's funny because, uh, my oldest son is in, um, they're in preseason now getting all these blinds ready. So, uh, before too long and some nasty cold weather that rolls in and I hate the cold weather, but I love duck season. Uh, we'll definitely, uh, be able to get some down on the water. So maybe before this season is over, if you can travel down this way at all, we'll get you out there for a day. I love it, man. I love it. Well, let's plan on it for sure. Let's plan on it for Absolutely. sure. Well, Robert, Absolutely. It's, it's been an absolute it's been an absolute pleasure, man. I can't thank you enough for giving me the opportunity to work with you. I mean, I truly, truly admire what all you've done. I keep saying that, but it's true. Um and, and you got an awesome story, man. Like you've you've come so far. So the more people that hear that, the better. So I'm I'm glad that we have this opportunity to do this podcast because I'm hoping more more ears will hear the hear the story and be motivated by what all you've accomplished. So Keep killing it, brother. Keep doing what you're doing, and we'll definitely keep in touch. Hey, um, thank you, man. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be on here with you. Um, and you have become more than just a voice over the phone or over the computer, man. I, uh, I honestly consider you a friend, even though we've never met face-to-face. -face. And you're welcome in my home, my farm here anytime, in a duck blind anytime, in a deer blind anytime. And um, I just thank you for, for what you do. And um, I wish you and Crystal all the best. And yes, you and I will continue on after this. Uh, and definitely, I'll be getting you back in for the uh, next prep. And um, for anybody that, uh, you know, wants to get in touch with an uh, old man that's got some stories and um, on the East Coast, uh, they can get in touch with me via uh, Instagram. I'm at uh, keto underscore and then the letters N-D-N. So that's keto underscore Indian. They can DM me anytime, message me. I'll help them out all that I can. And um, yeah, we got seminars that are going on. If anybody's interested, just let them know.
uh, look us up on Instagram and uh, I'll give them the information and I'd love to help people. That's that's my goal. That's what God has asked me to do, to help as many people as I can before I leave this earth. Awesome, man. You got, you're in it for the right reason. There's no doubt about that at all. So keep keep doing exactly what you're doing because you're doing it the right way. And, and definitely let me know if there's ever anything I could do to help in any way. I appreciate it, brother, and I will. So thank you. Thank you, man. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Have a good one. All right, Big Daddy. Y'all have a good one.